Well, hello, everybody. Ooh, what was that accent? <laughs> Welcome to episode number 10 of Building a Better Body podcast. Number 10, I've made it to double figures. Can't believe, so that's basically 10 weeks I have been doing this. Brilliant, love it, love it, love it. Alrighty, so let's get stuck in. What is new with me? Uh, nothing strange or startling happening at the moment. Uh, I really need to get my book finished. I don't know why I'm procrastinating as much as I am at the minute. Uh, I want to spend basically an entire day zoned in uh, and in editing mode because the bare bones of it is done. Although there's more topics that I kind of want to add, but then at the same time, you have to know when to stop adding and adding and adding. Um, I'm continually sort of picking up great info from some amazing sources. So I want to get all of that in there for you to read. Um, it's like it's like any project you do though you, you never feel completely 100% happy with it but I guess that doesn't mean there's anything wrong we we are our own worst critics aren't we and as long as we feel like we've put in 100% we've given it given it our all we should we should really be proud of what we've done so it's time to get it done get it done okay so what is in the news today uh, well last week I was reading an article actually in the Huffington Post called yo-yo dieting could benefit health says expert so this this immediately caught my eye it felt like you know such clickbait and it, and it worked because i clicked on it um common sense tells us that yo-yo dieting doesn't work to me you know simply describing something as a yo-yo screams inefficiency up and down up and down nobody really wants to to live that way um we've all heard of or actually been that person that loses weight and then puts it all back on again and this this happens because there's been so much restriction um and our meta- metabolisms have gotten kind of out of whack our, our bodies have been in starvation mode probably from so much deprivation so that when we eat quote normally again we hold tight on those extra calories so our body's jumping back and forth and kind of in itself that's pretty stressful but let's see let's see what this uh, expert us biostatistician david allison has to say on the matter um i quote he stated that repeated crash diets did no harm to obese mice in fact cereal dieting animals live longer than those that remained obese he compared it to dentistry so you go to the dentist he or she scrapes off the plaque and off you go then you come back and do it all over again six months later and no one calls dentistry a failure <laughs> so yo-yo dentistry uh, I, I don't know um, I think the two aren't really comparable to be honest uh, I think the body's metabolism metabolism is a little bit more complex than the scraping off of, of plaque on the surface of your teeth um, so contrary to David Allison's claims another professor Tim Spector from the King's College of London author of The Diet Myth, spoke out strongly against yo-yo dieting, stating that, quote, data in humans shows that yo-yo dieting makes you gain weight long term. In our twin study of 5,000 twins, the yo-yo dieter was usually heavier long term than the identical twin who didn't diet. Uh, quote, a recent Israeli study in mice had linked yo-yo dieting to a massive change in gut microbe population that permanently altered energy regulation, said Professor Spector. And those 
gut bugs when transplanted into other mice actually caused obesity. So the evidence for me shows that crash calorie restriction dieting is to be avoided at all cost, said Professor Spector. So two very different opinions then. Let's let's strip it back a bit. Does anyone really want to be yo-yo dieting? You know, that's the sort of bare bones of this. You know, in fact, dieting, dieting is just a nasty word to me. It stinks of restriction, deprivation and an unsatisfying lifestyle. And I am telling you now, life does not have to be that way. And I want to make as many people aware of this as possible. You know, main, mainstream advice of moving more and eating less is kind of messed up. It's messed with our heads. And to be honest, I don't believe it's accurate advice. People believe that, you know, to get healthy health or healthier, we have to eat bland food and do relentless cardio. Eating, you know, chicken, broccoli and rice every day and pounding the treadmill for an hour. It's not really everybody's idea of fun. You know, when you're doing exercise and when you're eating food, to keep something maintainable and for it to become a lifestyle, you need to enjoy it. So it can be very different for one from one person to the next. So if somebody tells you you need to be eating chicken, broccoli and rice and doing a ton of cardio and you don't enjoy it, you know, don't be afraid to, to question their, their advice. Uh, you know, even question my advice. Don't believe anything anybody says at face value. Do your own research. Tweak your diet. Tweak your exercise regime until you start seeing results. That's the idea, you know. So this is about, you know, if you experiment with whole foods and flavours and maybe change up your gym routine with the help of hopefully an awesome trainer that really actually listens to you and what you want from a workout. You know, let's, let's scrap this move more and eat less idea. You know, try to... You know, every day is different. So if you move more, eat more, you know, fulfill your appetite for the activity that you're doing. So yes, eat more, move more. And if you move less, how about eating a little less? So, you know, listen to your hunger signals. Are you actually hungry? You know, if you've done a big workout, well then feed your muscles, feed, feed your appetite. You will feel amazing for it. And if you haven't moved about so much, then maybe you don't eat, need to eat too much that day change change what you're having on less active days so it's all about feeding your activity levels and and your personal tastes to an appropriate level from my perspective okay moving on um what is in the science currently so i read an article in science daily last week and the title a cup of attention tempered with chocolate please so just to summarize it up uh, deep down, we always knew it, but science is proving that cocoa and caffeine are indeed the best marriage ever. Researchers claimed the acute effects of brewed cocoa consumption on attention, motivation to perform cognitive work and feelings of anxiety, energy and fatigue. Quote, in a nearly year-long double-blind study, some lucky tests, some lucky test subjects drank brewed coffee, cocoa with caffeine, caffeine without cocoa and a placebo with neither caffeine nor cocoa. And they were asked to do tests to evaluate both cognitive tasks and mood. Quote, it was really a fun study, researcher Ali Bulani said. 
Cuckoo increases cerebral blood flow, which increases cognition and attention. Now, caffeine alone can increase anxiety. So this particular project found that cuckoo lessens caffeine's anxiety-producing effect. So some people, you know, would be quite sensitive to caffeine, so this may help reduce the anxiety levels. Now, this research was sponsored by Hershey's, uh, and if you don't know who that is, that's that's a chocolate manufacturer in the US. So the skeptic in me thinks the results are always going to come out with some sort of favourable angle towards all things chocolate. Um, you know, you got to always look at who sponsors studies just to see if there's any conflict of interests. But um, I also worry too that you know this could mean you'll see a influx of more caffeinated, sugary chocolate drinks you know becoming normal um i don't have a particularly sweet tooth so i think i would be up for putting some raw cacao into my hot coffee should be fun to experiment with you know maybe my podcast would become better it could be fun just to see what it does to my cognitive function um you know the reason why i say raw cacao is because it isn't processed like the cocoa powder that you you would see in the supermarkets therefore along with what is suggested in this study you'll also get your trace nutrients such as magnesium so if you're experimenting night up up for the uh, raw kind so i'm going to give that a go sometime soon and if you do let me know how you get on all righty then moving on to the topic of the week which i have talked about a little bit before but i thought i would give it a little bit more attention again which is sleep do you get enough sleep ah beautiful bed beautiful sleep just close your eyes go to sleep no i don't want you to go to sleep wake it up wake it up <laughs> so sleep sleep is a huge topic right now uh, i don't know about you but when i was younger i never would have associated any kind of health concerns with the lack of sleep all i knew was that i wanted a lot of it and i, I spent a lot of time in bed and didn't regret it one bit um there are multiple functions that go on in the body when, when we get some good quality shut eye so the focus here, as I mentioned, is quality. People throw numbers around such as oh, eight hours is optimal. Sure, sure, meaning there's nothing there's nothing fundamentally wrong with that. But if the sleep you're getting isn't good quality, the number kind of comes a bit redundant. You see, when we, we finally drift off to sleep, what our body really needs to do is com- complete a number of sleep cycles in order for you to wake up naturally and feeling refreshed, invigorated and ready to rock that day of yours. So uh, I've written a little bit more in depth about the different sleep cycles in my book, which is going to come out one, one of these days. Um, so I'll not spend too much time on that because I like to keep my podcasts short and snappy. But when, when was the last time you really felt good when you woke up? Do you open your eyes before the alarm goes off? Perhaps the snooze button never gets pressed and you jump out of bed feeling fresh. Most of us Probably only feel like that when we're going off on holidays and the adrenaline's keeping us going. It's like we've kind of got used to feeling groggy in the morning. It's inevitable, you know it's coming and you just think that's that's life. Um, but of course, I'm going to tell you that it doesn't have to be that way. This is why I'm here. I want to give you some golden nuggets of information to help you build that better body. Cheesy as that line is, but it's true. So firstly, let's f- discuss what the body does as we sleep. When we are out for the count, our brains are sorting through all the information that has been bombarded with during the day. Uh, it files it all away for later processing for whenever we enter REM sleep, rapid eye movement sleep. Um, so if if you have, a, have had a particularly intense day 
um, with lots of information you've been studying or you've been at a course or a seminar or something with lots of information, you're going to be dependent even more on good quality sleep for efficient processing of that information. So as, as we go into a deeper sleep, our bodies then begin to do all the tidying up, all the rebuilding and repair work. Super, super important. So we're talking about rebuilding of muscles, bones, organs, a lot of vital processes, basically, as we're blissfully unaware. Now, REM sleep is our final stage of sleep, and this is where the important memory connections are made and cognitive processing is restored. So your brain is more active at this point, so you, you may experience vivid dreams. So those are sort of the different cycles that we go through and going through as many of these as possible is optimal. Uh, we seem to feel much more refreshed if we awaken naturally after the final REM cycle. Now, as we are, are likely to dream here, perhaps this is why we remember our dreams because we're just waking it up and that's just fresh in our mind. Um, but often our alarm clock wakens us before REM is complete and then we don't remember dreams and that's that's just a thought of mine I have no science on that but I just feel like that's why if you're interrupted before you've completed cycles properly you don't remember the dreams and, and don't feel refreshed as well so sleep dep deprivation can play havoc with our hormones increasing our stress hormone cortisol which can show up in the form of abdominal fat if it becomes chronic it can cause improper function of our hunger and satiety hormones making us overeat all the naughty stuff because because that's very difficult to control, our hormones can pretty much run the show. And it's not your fault if you haven't slept and you overeat donuts and pastries. It's because your brain is basically telling you to do so. Um, on a more serious note, chronic sleep deprivation can lead to high blood pressure, heart disease and stroke. There are also There's also been some recent research suggesting its connection with Alzheimer's as well. So let's look at how we can get ourselves some awesome sleep. Number one. So actually get more sunlight during the day. Today looking out the window looks pretty nice. A bit of sunshine happening. So I will go for a walk very shortly. Um, so yes, get more sunlight during the day. And even, you know, on your lunch break at work, get yourself outside. Don't sit in the office. Go for a, a brisk walk if you can. Because what that does, melatonin regulates our sleep-wake cycle and it is powerfully affected by sunlight exposure so you ideally want to get plenty of light in the day and then less light at night and that's your proper circadian rhythm in action there okay number two keep the body cool when you get into bed your body temperature needs to drop a little bit before you fall asleep i know a warm bed is lovely but you're only going to fall asleep when you cool down a little so create yourself a nice sleep sanctuary low light before you go to sleep um, and then total darkness if possible when you're ready to drift off and that will help your brain shut off. Number three, magnesium. It's an anti-stress mineral and it relaxes tense muscles and calms the nervous system. We tend to be a little bit deficient in it because of our stressful lives. When you're in sort of fight or flight mode or feeling continually stressed, you tap into your magnesium like crazy. So a lot of us are deficient in it. So you can get plenty of magnesium rich foods uh, such as spinach, kale, chard, all your green leafies, um, sunflower seeds, mackerel, wild salmon, avocado, personal favourite of mine, dark chocolate mm -mm -mm, and goat sugar. Um, but you could perhaps look into a supplement and I'll put a link to a few good ones in the show 
Um, also not even a supplement you can get like a transdermal spray or something like that that you can just massage into the muscles it can tingle a little bit depending on where you put it but that'll get straight into your body um, and help you sit, sit help you go to sleep and relax your muscles as well number four calm your inner chatter <laughs> so i suggest meditating when you can get off grid for a bit and give your brain a break so that you know, whenever you, it comes to going to bed, you can just switch off and you could, because you've given your chance to just think of nothing for certain periods of the day. And then number five, everybody's favourite and one for us, one that we're all kind of guilty of is get off your tech devices, if you can, about an hour before you get before you go to bed. Or at the very least, put the night shift amber mode on uh, if you've got that on your device and that'll sort of help diminish the blue light which is very stimulating to the brain so basically blue light tells you to waken up and amber light tells you you're winding down and you're ready to go to sleep so that comes back to you know paleolithic times whenever everyone would have sat around a, a fire so nice amber light to send you off to sleep later on so that's five changes you can play with in order to help you sleep well at night there's tons more you can try but that's kind of some of the stuff that i can suggest for you today you know, I think we need to take sleep very seriously because if you want to have a happy, healthy life and want to drop dead in your 90s healthy, these are some things you got to keep in mind. Well, that felt like it was super fast today, but that is my podcast, episode number 10, done and dusted. Uh, okay, so as always, listener questions, please send them to karen at goodcleanchow.com. Don't be scared. I would love to hear from you guys. I want to know that I'm reaching at least one of you out there. <laughs> um, also, if you want to support the show, you can head on over to goodcleanchow.com forward slash support. And if you're sitting in the iTunes podcast app, please do give me a review. That would help a lot. And until next time, I hope you have an awesome day, an awesome weekend, and lots and lots of sleep. Bye bye. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform, but is in no way a substitute for medical advice. So please consult with your general practitioner before embarking on any new diet or exercise regime.